there are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses. It's the art and science of money. My job has been to try and figure out which is which. It's Hi-Fi Radio from the Global News Radio Studios in Toronto with Hi-Fi Portfolio Managers. Here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle. Well, we made it through the year of 2018, and, well, this is the last show of the year. Uh, I wish I had a lot of good news for you. Uh, I did last year. Uh, 2018 started off strong, global synchronized growth, uh, inflation well-contained, all the economies participating uh, right through the year, right through September, make it, making all-time highs. And then uh, October 1st came and out go the lights. Uh, it, it's, been, it's been abysmal. Uh, you know, year to date, the Toronto stock market down 15%, give or take uh, the minute you asked me that question, but for the most part, down 15% on the year. The Dow Industrial is not as bad, down 7 8%. The NASDAQ, surprisingly, with all those FANG stocks, the Facebook, the Apple, the Amazon, the Googles of the world that have been front and center uh, in the firing line, uh, year to date, actually down 5%. You can't really sneeze at that number. S&P down about 8% as well. U.S. markets certainly have held up better when I look around the world. I see Germany down over 20%. I see emerging markets have been quite crushed, notably China, uh, down some t- double-digit 26% or so. Uh, so we had a big rally, of course, this week. The Dow up historically uh, over 1,000 points. But again, I remind the audience, it's all about percentages. You can't take points to the bank, but percentages, well, you can sort of take those to the bank. So uh, the Dow having its 5% move was uh, a big up day. Uh, I'm also going to say it's a bit of a bearish signal too. But who better to bring on to the show than uh, my favorite strategist, a man I lean on an awful lot. I bring a lot of guests on, but the the, the guys that matter are the guys on our team, the Wolf on Bay Street team. That is, of course, Tony e. Dwyer from New York City. My man, Tony. Hey, Wolfie. Sorry hey. for my voice. Uh, there he is. I'm a little bit under the weather. You are. Well, this bear market hasn't beaten you up, has it? No, we just, uh, you know, we have a saying, my friends and I have a saying, so what, now what? You have what you have, and now you figure out the best course of action going forward. And um, that's what we're engaged in, Wolfie. We're trying to uh, do better as we move forward. Well, okay, so let's talk about this to, to going forward, because I, I, I'm trying to stretch out time horizon to put my mind at ease, and it's helping. Uh, I'm trying to think more like Warren Buffett. I'm trying to think like um, Jimmy Patterson. Uh, I'm trying to think like the rich. Although I'm not, uh, I, I, I aspire to, to having my clients become rich people. So if we can think forward, Tony, five years, and I send you the numbers, after having a decline of this magnitude, you go back through history and you notice that they had one in 1932, they had one in 31, 29. You go down the list, we've had quarters like this. But when you look forward five years, in, uh, for the one from 1932, the market was up 340%. The, the correction in, in the quarter of 1931, the market was up 100% in five years. The the average return on a go-forward basis, and I got 13 occurrences, is market up 91% on a five-year forward basis. So my question to you, Tony, is do you think we can repeat that type of a performance? Do you think the market on a five-year forward basis can rise 90-some-odd percent? Well, it certainly is the history of it, and it, it happens that way. But I don't think you even have to go out that far. We looked at non-recession, um, because as much as people want to say that there's trend towards, the, certainly there's going to be a little bit slower growth. But to say that we're in a recession, I think, is not as relevant. Um, we're, there's no data to support that a recession is imminent in 2019. So if you look at historical returns of non-recession crashes using 1987, 1998, and 2011, which were um, the three 20% plus 
um, drawdowns in a very short period of time, yep. you come up with significant returns, double-digit returns in the year ahead anyway. So uh, I certainly agree with you. Over the next five years, you want to use periods like this to be adding to your exposure, right. not the, the, uh, again, working with you as your financial advisor. Um, that's what people want to do. You want to buy weakness, not sell it when it gets this bad. Well, so, so that's just it, Tony. Again, and speaking with a number of clients and speaking with Jack, my right-hand man, you know, we speak about, you know, things come through, you know, things crystallize, ideas crystallize, and perhaps at the wrong time, but at least uh, we can prepare. Uh, in other words, if clients cannot sleep at night, they have the wrong portfolio, period. Because uh, you should have a portfolio that you can sleep at night through good times and bad. Uh, sure, we, we're going to worry times like this, but if this is really keeping you up at night, you got to use periods of strength to actually unwind your portfolio and, and tone it down. If you can sleep at night, maintain program, maintain course, and yes, buy weakness, don't sell it, uh, rather than buying strength. And again, I, I sort of like to buy both. I get buying strength. I also get buying weakness. But again, Tony, a little pop quiz that I gave to you a couple of days ago because I got my newest, what's called an Andex chart. Andex produces these fantastic charts. They go back into history on, on everything and anything from mortgage rates to inflation to the price of gold. And, and I love it. And so in looking at my Andex chart, it goes back to 1950. And it, it demonstrates that the Christmas babies in 1950 that received $100 and invested that $100 in the S&P uh, small cap index, uh, that $100 in 68 years grew to a number that is unbelievable, and that number is $740,000. My little producer, Brittany, is in studio, and we're developing a financial plan for her for the long run. Brittany, do you hear that number? $100 in the American small cap index in 68 years grows to $740,000. Seems like a good investment. Isn't that a big number? Yeah. So, again, everyone speaks about, gee, which baby's born, uh, who's a New Year baby, who's a Christmas baby. Give that baby $100, tuck it away in, in a growth index of some sort for 68 years. That could be the ultimate RRSP. What do you think of that 401k, Tony? Yeah, I, wish, I wish I did that myself. They didn't. Wolfie, when we started in this business, there was no such thing as a 401k, so I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah, there was no RSP plan. either. I agree with you. There, there, was no, there was no Canada pension plan. Uh, but, you know something? Time is your friend. Again, I look at um, uh, Jimmy Patterson, uh, a Canadian icon. He, he's the junior Warren Buffett of the world. Uh, he just made the Hall of Fame. Warren Buffett actually came up and, and welcomed into the uh, Business Hall of Fame, I guess it was. Uh, but, you know, th- this man thinks out in decades with his investment. He's not investing $1,000. He's investing billions of dollars into uh, ports that ship coal, into John Deere dealerships, long-term, and he knows some over time the trajectory is from lower left to upper right. Look, uh, we're going to have more with Tony Dwyer right here on Hi-Fi Radio. It's been a tough year. Tony's going to hold her hand. He's going to give us some direction and guidance into 2019. He's a Wall Street juggernaut, uh, and he is a key component on the Wolf of Bay Street uh, financial road to success. More of it on Hi-Fi Radio right after this. Don't go anywhere. There's more great show after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the show about money. 
It's Hi-Fi Radio on Global News Radio 640 in Toronto. And we are speaking with my chief strategist, Tony Dwyer, on Wall Street uh, to help us make some sense of 2018 and, more importantly, help us look forward because we can't really undo the past. Hey, by the way, Tony, I'm, again, all the uh, year-end strategist packages are uh, landing on my desk, and I have to cut down several Douglas fur to, to read the stuff. Um, but it's good stuff. I'm going through a fantastic package from Bespoke. It's a package I subscribe to. I pay a lot of money for this information. Uh, and they're just uh, reviewing the Dogs of the Dow performance. It worked this year. The Dogs of the Dow down only 1.5% versus the Dow Jones down 30%. So if you want the Dogs of the Dow for 2019, get out a pen. I'm going to give them to you in a few moments. I'll let you get that pen in hand. But we do got Tony Dwyer on the line, chief strategist. Uh, so we're in the thick of it, Tony. Um, we've had some a real volatile shortened trading week. Uh, one day left of trading is, of course, on Monday. That's when we're going to put the year to bed. Uh, I am jittery. I'm concerned. Uh, I'm excited at the same time, sort of like as excited going to a horror flick uh, about, about the month of January, because I could tell you one thing. It's not going to be a it won't be a powder day. So what do you think, Tony, the month of January? How's it going to start? What, right, what, like, what so are we in for? The playbook, um, and, and for the listeners, this is really important because it's going to be a highly emotional month. Volatility is still high. Um, so the playbook is we looked at, again, Wolfie, the, the three non-recession market crashes. Now, a market crash is considered a decline of 17% or greater. Actually, all three of them were 20% or greater when you measure intraday. So you look for periods of a kind of a market crash. And, and again, it's not just the percent decline. It's how quick it happened. It happened in under three months. So is that considered a crash? Sorry, Tony, is that considered a crash three months? It is. When it's, when it's dropping that fast, we uh, would consider that a crash. So uh, we looked at those periods where you had, uh, with the help of our, our pal and partner, uh, I call him Stats Dude, it's Sundial <laughs> Capital. We looked for periods where you had that kind of decline, a 17% or greater decline yeah. in three months. And there were five of them. Three of them were in non-recession. So what we did is we looked for what happened in the three, 1987, 1998, and 2011. Right. And we found once you made that low, which we think we did on Monday, on Christmas Eve, once you made that low, you had an extraordinary amount of volatility directly after it, just like we are yesterday and today. So this is absolutely normal. So I would um, certainly advise the listeners to not react to these violent moves. They're normal when you make a quote-unquote crash low. What happens after that is you get a rally over the course of the next couple of weeks, yep. which could even you know equate to almost between, well, we got 5% yesterday. It could be between 5 and 10%, yep. maybe even a little bit more. What number, sorry, Tony, let me ask you, what number in the S&P 500 do you think it can rally up to? Uh, you could go up toward uh, 2,600. Yeah, your guy, your friends on CNBC said 2,525 yesterday. Yeah. Over and over again, they said 2,525. <laughs> so, so, okay, once you get that rally, <laughs> here's the important part that people need to pay attention to. You have always retested the low. Yeah. So everybody's going to get excited. Yeah. You're going to have a nice bounce. It's going to feel good. Yeah. And then we're going to retest the low. That's where you want to buy them. Interesting, because my friend Don Velo, he's a he's a, he's an old timer. He's been on the street for fifty some maybe sixty <laughs> maybe sixty years, Tony. And I read his piece last night. He said same thing. We're going to get a rally. Give you five or six occurrences when this happened. We're going to get a good strong rally, probably twenty six hundred ish, and then a retest of the low. So you're saying. If you got some Christmas money, 
Don't put it to work just yet. Wait for the retest? Well, I'm going to say, call your advisor. I think the mistake that we make in this business is we keep doing everything. I know that I cannot invest for myself because I'm too emotional. I have to have somebody advise me. So it really depends on each person's individual backdrop. But, yes, I think on the retest. But even if you don't want to play that game because it'll be hard, we have two indicators that we've used throughout this entire drop which, you know, one mistake is to be too bullish. We made that mistake. Another mistake is to compound it by keep buying and buying and buying and buying. We have two indicators that historically have suggested when you get a big enough momentum shift to suggest the next leg higher has begun, and they prob- they haven't kicked in yet. They haven't kicked in since this began in early October. So we're just, uh, we're simply waiting for those, and, you know, you can talk to you or anybody else, Wolfie, and, and can accord to get the details about that. Uh, Tony, Tony, in terms of time, because uh, bear markets crash, they have to log time, and price is more important than time, but like volume, time matters. Uh, so how much time do you think we, this, this crash or bear market began October 1st. It's very easy to remember this puppy here. Um, so we're now three months into it. Uh, six months, nine months. Uh, no, I think it's, I think it's, uh, I think it's the, the crash or the most of the bulk of the weakness is over. Yeah. And now it's, it's just the volatile and emotional period of bottoming followed by the next leg higher. You know, it would be historically unique to not have it, you know, everybody knows kind of me at Canaccord for the uh, yield curve inversion analysis. Yep. And it would be historically unique over the last 70 years to have a recession without an inversion of the yield curve. And for the listeners, that means when short-term interest rates is higher than long-term interest rates. So we don't expect a recession. If you don't expect a recession, you should expect a new high either sometime uh, from June of next year through maybe March of the year after. Whoa. Tony said... The market should see a new all-time high summer of next year. So I want you to digest that for a few seconds, folks. We're going to go to break. Come right back to Tony Dwyer live with the man from Wall Street on Hi-Fi Radio right after this. Let's take a break. But after, Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the show, live from New York, sort of. Uh, it's Hi-Fi Radio, your host, Wolfgang Klein. It is a show about money. We try to guide you through various aspects of money, from career to financial planning to taxes. We don't do the death thing over here. No, no, it's all about life and living in here. And uh, we bring in some of the best strategists really on the street, uh, and we go international for some of these strategists. And our favorite has to be Tony Dwyer. Um, he was such a rock star throughout the entire bull market. Um, and, yeah, when, like always, you know, bulls do get hurt, a uh, few, few wounds, but they continue to uh, survive over the long haul. And Tony certainly was a bull. I saw the big introduction to Tony's uh, uh, foray to CNBC uh, after the market made a new all-time high September 30th. They were cheering and the music and the, and the balloons. and the, <laughs> It was happening. I said, oh, God. Oh, no. It, it reminds me when um, BlackBerry, uh, Research Emotion at the time, Tony, they had a Christmas party. And they booked, I think it was the, uh, I guess it's called the Skydome at the time, 
Yeah. And they booked Van Halen in for yeah, the staff Christmas party. Wait, wait, wait. Things I, like it's it, just, Oh, my God. It's a sign. It is such well, it's a It's important to note, too, though, because you got to be careful to watch those headlines and make sure that people, like, at that time, we were pretty, um, we were calling for a period of increased volatility and a correction um, because of the, of the excessive um, bullishness. Now, obviously, right, I did irrational not exuberance. what we got. <laughs> and, you know, when you go and look at the videos from CNBC, and other, you know, we, we were pretty clear about a correction. Now, I don't think anybody thought that the market would go down 20% because nobody thought that the Fed would make a policy mistake. And, and for the listeners, that means when, when oil is tanking, when inflation indicators are tanking, why would the Fed raise interest rates? And the market was screaming at the Fed to not raise interest rates. No, Donald Trump was screaming at the Fed. And I think that is the problem. It was beyond that. It was. It was. was. And big name portfolio managers. And for some God unknown reason, they thought that it was it was you know important to raise rates again. Maybe it was independence from the from the president. That's yeah, why that's they did it. Except they're gonna you know they would, well the effect is you huh. can see it. Yeah, we saw <laughs> the effect. So I, I honestly, but I, I'm blaming this on President Trump for 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 backing the Fed into the corner. He should have just kept his lip shut. Good luck. Yeah. Uh, and, and and I think the Fed perhaps would have paused, um, but they but he got cornered. They couldn't do anything else. Uh, and then of course the pressure was was great for for poor Powell, uh, and he couldn't handle the pressure. His his delivery. Uh, of the of the live Q and A just fell apart. Uh, yep. he, he, the poor man bumbled and fumbled. Uh, we bring back the Yellowinator. Uh, she, right. <laughs> hey, right. oh, but Janet, what's Janet thinking through all this nonsense? And uh, the former Feds, boy. Anyways, that, that, that was then. This is now. So let's go into 2019. We got volatility coming at us. You also think the market's going to make a new all time high, Tony? I've ne- I, I've not heard such, such optimistic words. I really have not heard such optimistic words from anyone in the last. 90 days. All-time high is next year, Tony. Well, it, it's either next year or shortly thereafter. And again, Wolfie, we base that on Monday having been the low. Yeah. Okay, so that's important. Yeah. Um, and yes, the history of a non-recession market crash is defined by a greater than 17% drop. These All three of them in our analysis were more than 20%, 1987, 1998, and 2011. And yes, you make a, you make a quick return back to the highs. So it just kind of and and by the way that does that isn't because growth all of a sudden continues to spike it's because growth slows so much that the perception of the fed changes where the Fed may actually cut interest rates next year, not hike them at all. Right. You know, it's interesting, Tony, that you mentioned that because I turned my, I'm, I'm reading Bespoke as I'm chatting with you here, and I turned to my, my page 16 of Bespoke, and Wall Street year-end targets for the S&P 500, which, by the way, is currently trading at around 2,400. So the S&P currently is 2,400. Deutsche Bank has the strongest target, saying by the end of next year, uh, it could be 3,250. Canaccord, which is Tony Dwyer, the man you're listening to, his numbers published, uh, 30 3,200, uh, which is basically up 28% from where it is today. 28% to the It's funny, Tony, when the market goes up, we think it, it, it'll always go up. And when the market goes down, we think it's always going to go down. Uh, so the average target on the street is 3,000 on the S&P, uh, which is basically a 20% lift from where we are today. But the call's obviously yeah. last year dead wrong, right? Everyone was wrong last year. They, uh, now, your number, did it come in for 2018 until it didn't? Well, it looked real good in, in September. I and again, I I thought we'd correct. I didn't think we'd correct that much. So right. we had changed our target and pushed out our optimism 
until next year once we got that October swoon. And, and again, you know, for the listeners, it's, it's really important. We are waiting for a couple of, of indicators suggest the momentum shift has begun. It's all real nice to go out and think that something happens. I need evidence. We, we at Can Accord use evidence over emotion. So um, even though the data suggests that Monday was probably the low and we're going to have a pop and then a retest and then go to new highs, we wait for a couple of key indicators that suggest that volatility is, is finally collapsing and that the momentum in the S&P 500 is finally advancing enough to suggest you know, that you're going to make this move to new highs. But okay, so tell me, but let's go back to you. So the market's going to rally up a bit more, and then it's going to roll over. Would you try to be cute? Uh, again, you, who's you? The average listener, again, I'm going to say the average American with a 401k or the above average American with a 401k or Canadian with an RRSP. Would you try to get cute, play the rally, sell it, wait for the pullback, reload, or again, buy and hold and forget about it? Wolfie, you know me. And you know what I'm going to say? That is something that is between a financial advisor and their client. Yeah. You know, it really depends on every single person's own financial situation. I had heard of, uh, this one gal suggest that she couldn't put her kids through school because of the money that she lost in the stock market. That is not somebody that should be in the stock well, market. Well, that's just, no, no doubt. You have to rethink. If you can't right. take- You have to work with a financial advisor, and you have to be prepared for significant enough events that it's not a life-changing event. It may be annoying to, uh, annoying. It may be um, demoralizing to go through a 20% drawdown when growth is so good in the U.S. and things seem so okay. But if, again, and Wolfie, the history here is you and I began working together, I believe. I, I joined Canaccord via an acquisition in 2010. In 2016, my target was equally as wrong as it was this year. Nobody remembers that because you moved to new highs within four months. So, again, what, what makes you kind of feel like, or not feel, invest for even bigger problems is if you expect a recession, and we don't see that on the horizon. Yeah, well, look, Tony, you know, I'm a simple guy because I got a simple brain. And, and, you know, someone taught me years ago a simple Wall Street wisdom. It's tiny, but it's so powerful. And he said, Wolfie, a portfolio is like a bar of soap. The more you touch it, the smaller it gets. So I'm going to go back to you gave us a, a playbook. I'm going to advise the average listener appreciate the playbook, be entertained by the playbook. Don't you dare try to trade the playbook because I think that bar of soap will get smaller on you. You will compound an error. You will If you sell here or sell in two weeks, hoping it's going to be up and it's not, and then you get whipsawed in, weepsawed out, you will cost yourself money. If you own quality, you have to think out five or ten years. That's what retail investors should do. Uh, again, Tony, you've seen the stats before. And you, if you haven't, I can show them to you. I've seen them from RBC. I've seen them from, from JP Morgan. With the market near, near all-time highs here today, the long-term performance of retail investors is quite abysmal. They have really, really, really lagged the market on many fronts and for various reasons. But I go back to the bar of soap analogy. I believe that's a big part of it. Well, the one thing you just want to do, even think about this. If you bought halfway through the crash of 87, if you bought halfway through the crash of 2000, if you bought halfway through the crash of 2008, they were still 
not times to sell if you had a long-term in- investment Correct. perspective. And that's really why you want to use an advisor. Okay, I, I'm going to flip it around, Tony. I'm going to challenge you, you smarty pants, you. S- and again, I'm just cheating. I got my bespoke cheat notes right in front of me. It's beautiful. That's S&P right. 500 annualized total returns. If you bought the peak before the 87 crash, you know your compound return would be year-to-date for, to present? It'd be a 9.4% CAGR. If you bought before the crash, 9.4% in, in 87. If you bought the dot-com peak, you still made 5% compound. And if you bought the peak before the big financial crises and held, you're up 7% compound. Those are not bad numbers. So you can buy the peak. I say if you really want to make money, you buy the troughs. And you, If you have a time horizon, five or 10 years, that is the easier way to make long-term money instead of trying to trade the squiggles. But you know some The squiggles are fun to talk about. Uh, they do matter an whole lot. And uh, we have brilliant men like Tony Dwyer that we can lean on. Tony, I want to wish you a great, great holiday season for what's left of it. A happy new year. And uh, good success to your 3,200 call in the S&P 500 for 2019. Uh, I hope it comes in. Well, Wolfie, I, I first want to say happy holidays and happy new year to all your listeners, all my friends in Canada, uh, friends and family, and have a great rest of the year. Yeah, indeed. Uh, much appreciated. Uh, more of Hi-Fi Radio right after this. Money. Listen, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, money. more money talk. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the show, Hi-Fi Radio. Yes, we're here to take care of business, stocks, bonds, taxes, plans, insurance, wills, anything and everything to do with business, employment, your first job, your last job, uh, so many ways to make money, so many ways to lose money, so many ways to spend money. Um, I love entrepreneurs. Uh, They are the backbone of our economy. And uh, on Hi-Fi Radio, we bring many entrepreneurs in. Uh, Our favorite publicist is Nikki Papayano. Uh, Nikki Inc. If you need a publicist, well, she may take you on, but you get a very, very tight roster. Uh, and uh, congratulations, Nikki. Uh, you are with Child. Thank you. You're carrying Child. That's yes. very, very nice. Thank you. And we wish you well. We're going to talk about a financial plan for your baby. Okay. And I said, I said on the show earlier, I want you to pay attention to this, Nikki. Um, if you were to invest $100 in the S&P small cap index. So you bought a basket of small U.S. companies that were public, okay? So these companies would have had a valuation. Well, their valuation today would be about 10 or $20 billion. They call those small companies in America, unlike uh, the Apples and Facebooks of the world that uh, had a brief uh, love affair with $1 trillion in valuation. So if you bought uh, $100 worth of the U.S. small cap index in 1950 and you held it to today, it would be worth $740,000. So if you want a retirement plan for your bambino, I know you're Greek, of course, bambino, of course, Italian. I grew up in an Italian neighborhood. Um, um, bella, bella. That baby of yours, 100 bucks, retirement plan, 68 years. It could be all that baby needs. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm listening. Okay. I listen to everything you say. Trust me. Well, you know, some uh, you brought some good guests onto Hi-Fi Radio, and you got yourself another nice entrepreneur you're working with, and it is Tanya Tucker of Von Darling. Hello. Hello, Tanya. <laughs> I like the name Von Darling. Uh, Lux, is that right? Lux Magnetic Lashes. Yes. 
Very, very cool. Uh, you know, we had a family gift exchange. My sister-in-law, Phyllis Johnston, hosted the family uh, Christmas gathering. It's Irish and extends beyond 50 people. They come from far and wide. You heard me, 50 people. That's right. Wow. <laughs> you get ready for that, Nikki. <laughs> That's something you have to look forward to as you have a family, Nikki. Yes, inviting 50 people over to your house for dinner. Um, and uh, they, they do a gift exchange every year. And there were some eyelashes in the gift exchange, but they were not Von Darlings. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some... Uh, they, these are different. These are magnetic... Uh, eyelashes. Yes. Is, uh, how does that work? Is there steel in you have to make them stick? What's going on? <laughs> there are teeny tiny magnets. There's two pieces. One that you put on top of your lash and one that you put on the bottom of your lash and they sandwich your lash together oh, with the two magnets. There's a positive and negative. I get yes. it. I used to play with magnets as kids. I always thought magnets were the coolest things that you could push stuff around. It was like such <laughs> neat stuff. So I can now put them on eyelashes. That's right. So you're an entrepreneur. This this is your business. Tell me a little bit more about the, the, the creation of this business. Uh, and it's an online business, which is very, very fascinating. No bricks and mortar. And again, we're just coming out of the strongest holiday season in American history. They can't gobble up enough stuff online, of course, hitting records. And that's exactly where you're taking this business through from a distribution point of view. So please tell us about the idea and tell us about the success. Uh, well, initially I was working in a salon I called Von Darling Studio, doing lash extensions and different services. And I was looking for a retail product to sell to them. And when I found these, I'd been dealing with looking for some hair and, and one of the suppliers had these. And at the time you could not find these anywhere, not on Amazon, nowhere. And I knew why is not everyone wearing these? You don't have to wear glue. You can take them off. They're just, I I couldn't understand. I knew in a year they would be absolutely everywhere. So I started buying a few samples and I'd been to a few conventions in the States with a lot of spa owners in the States and just giving them samples just to see what they thought. And they just went crazy over them, started asking if they could buy them. So I just, thought, well, this might be a great business. So I started wholesaling to them, and then I thought, well, I better put this online, and it's kind of just gone from there. So you buy from a supplier. You don't have the exclusivity to it. There's no exclusivity. It's not your product. It's not my product. I just found places that were selling it, and then I do change the specs, and I design what kind I want, how many magnets I'd like, what I'd like it to look like, that kind of thing. Right, right. Um, So how many? can I ask how many units you have sold so far? I'd say uh, probably ten to fifteen thousand units. Good for you. So it's it's been a year, just about a year, which is pretty good. Now again, uh, Nikki, we had your other client on uh, Lux Finds, correct? Yeah. So again, and again, selling lots of different fashion items, uh, but basically using your own home to warehouse this stuff. Do you have to? Are you warehousing these? Like, I am. Like, I'm at the limit, but yes, still right now I'm shipping, doing everything. Yes, you're doing everything yes. all by yourself. Well. Yes. You know something? If you want to work for yourself, you got to pay the price. And uh, Tanya Tucker is playing the price of Von Darling, uh, Lux Magnetic Lashes. Uh, again, I get really excited speaking to entrepreneurs because they, they risk it all uh, and they put everything on one one color and hope it comes up. So uh, uh, lots of lots of respect. Let's, let's speak more with Tanya Tucker and about her business dream on Hi-Fi Radio right after this. Making money is the best. So how do you make more money? Life would be back after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I don't 
step on my wife's feet when I dance with her. I'll tell you, I do. It is Hi-Fi Radio, my good friends. It's a show about money. You want to make some money? Uh, tune into this radio show, and we will help you do just that. If you are an entrepreneur, you want to be an entrepreneur, I have a great entrepreneur in, in studio right now. Her name is Tanya Tucker and has a very small idea with a massive market, uh, Vaughn Darling. I love the name of Vaughn. And, and Vaughn makes anything <laughs> sound better. Vaughn Wolfgang. What do you think that one? Von Wolfie. Uh, Lux Magnetic Lashes. Um, now, Brittany... Our producer who runs the board, she's also a butcher uh, at a big uh, company, and we call her Brittany the Butcher. Uh, she tells me <laughs> these lashes are huge, uh, as are, what, eyebrows? And what's the other thing? Eyelashes? Eyebrows and eyelashes. Eyebrows and because eyelashes. Because of Instagram. Yep. Be- <laughs> Thank you, because of, because, What yep. do you mean because of Instagram? Oh, boy. Everyone's hashtag slay. They need to have their eyebrows on fleek, their yep. eyelashes on fleek. Yep. Yep. They're huge. That's yep. what what makes people beautiful now. What people notice. It's not a smile. It's not your eyes. It's your eyebrows and your lashes. Yes. You know, my son Sebastian said, "Daddy, he has some tweezers. We need to clip my eyebrows." It's you. <laughs> what do you? What do you? You're fifty. What do you mean? You're fifteen. Now, nah, guy, and he's not, he doesn't have what, what do you call the one eyebrow? The unibrow. He does not have a. My kid does not have a unibrow. <laughs> far from it. Uh, but no, I had to had you know pluck away. A lot of men like literally wax their eyebrows now too. Yeah. It's very common. It's yep. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my God. I am so off trend for this one here. <laughs> off trend. Uh, I guess the stock market bear, uh, the change trend, uh, played with my head a little bit here. Uh, are these nice gifts uh, are they easy to buy for your spouse? Are multiple colors or can you screw this gift up? No, it's a fabulous no? gift for any woman. Yeah, is it basically one size fits all? Oh, no, no, no. We have your natural for the minimalist. We have your sort of chic, chic sophisticate. And then there's we have some crazy ombre ones with Swarovski on it, like Tanya's super. I have really Rockstar awesome. ones on right now, so they're a little more. A lot of the younger ones that like the 3D look. So yeah, we kind of have the three categories. So there's something for everyone. No, but men are not wearing is not wearing this product. They yet. can, yeah. Certain no, men, can, yes. But, uh, yeah, c- certain men, yes. Okay. Wow. Um, t- tell me some of this business. Is is it all you expect it to be? Uh, t- tell me some of your big successes and some of the big challenges, uh, t- uh, Tanya. Tanya Tucker of Von Darling, uh, Lux Magnetic Lashes. Uh, please yeah, tell us about that. Yeah. It, I expect it to be. Yeah. Well, honestly, it sort of took me by surprise because this was not the plan. It just kind of happened. I wouldn't say happened, but I mean, I didn't expect this was going to be what I'd sold. So I didn't make a super plan. And... I think I should have made a better plan and I'm horrible with time management and when you're the only person and you are doing it from home, you really have to, I don't know the difference between when I'm home and I should be working or when I should be relaxing and I find that to be difficult. But I also think because I'm the only one, I don't answer to anyone. So I'm in complete control and if there's a mistake, it's mine, but also my success is really mine, which I think is important. So I didn't leverage anything. I just used my own money, and I sort of went slowly, and I kind of run the show, and slow uh, and steady. How long have you been doing it? Uh, just over a year. Just over a year? Yeah. Now, is it, you didn't have a plan going into it, but now 12 no. months later. Oh, now. Is, is it all you expected it to be? Do you think it's better? Is it worse? It's different. It's different. Yeah, it's different. There's a lot of things I didn't consider i mean social media is a job in itself marketing is a job in itself there's a lot of things i didn't i just thought about the product and how to sell it and i knew how to do that and the packaging and but there's just so many things i had to learn 
Uh, yeah, tell me something. But uh, you, you're 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 a one gal show, but you have mm-hmm. a publicist already. I don't have a publicist. You know, Jack, I, I try to bring one as publicist. You would do it for me. So I'm sort of without publicist, and Nikki is not. So they will come on my roster. I'm not good enough for Nikki yet. So uh, t- tell me, Nikki, how do you go about choosing clients, and, and and what made you bring Tanya Tucker on as a client, and what made you hire uh, Nikki as a client? Well, um, I can tell you, Wolfgang, that when I see an innovative product and I see a trend that's exploding, and when I heard that this was the third most searched thing in 2018 on Google. Whoa. Third most searched thing on Google. Yes. How to apply magnetic lashes. Wow. By the way, what was Trump complaining about? Uh, (laughs) I think when, when, when when you typed in. And it's a vulgar word. It Trump is. came up number one. Yeah. And, and, they, they, and, and the president's administration went to Google and say, how dare you have your algorithm have him come up number one? They say, just the way it is. You not catch that story? It's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's funny. quite clear. I'm not going to say yeah, a word yeah. on air. Uh, but, uh, so, so number three search? Yeah. yeah. Eyelashes. Who, eyelashes. What, how to put thought? them on. See what you learn on Hi-Fi Radio? Yeah. And Wolf, these are better. So there's two types of eyelashes. There's eyelashes that you put on with glue. These are different. They're magnetic. So they actually last longer, right? Right, ladies? Yeah, they're reusable and you yes. can wash them. So yes. I mean, them. They don't I'm damage doing, your natural I like, lashes. I like reusable things. And this is something, I mean, right now, Tanya has a lot of people who are vegan following her saying, if you're not harming an animal, I can buy lashes from you. And these are synthetic material. They're gorgeous. Back up, uh, but other eyelashes uh, are, are, are sorry. There's vegan, non-vegan eyelashes. So these are vegan eyelashes vegan because eyelashes. they're synthetic. Yes. So they haven't harmed an animal, and and her best-selling lashes are all synthetic. So when I saw this trend taking off, and I saw all <laughs> of my friends got a pair for um, an event I had a few months ago, and everybody was trying to reorder, and they all said, "We want to meet Tanya. This is a big deal." So I said, "Tanya, this is a big deal, and we need to get you in front of more people." Tanya Tucker, Von Darling. Uh, it's, 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 I'm, I'm sort of shocked by this one here. I, I wasn't sure what to make of it. Uh, third most searched item on Google in 2018. Uh, I wonder what number two was. Uh, I know what number one was, Trump. It's Meghan Markle. Is it? Mm, yeah. Yeah? Oh. All right. Well, look, uh, more, more with my favorite entrepreneurs, uh, Nikki Papayano, uh, uh, Nikki Inc., the publicist extraordinaire, and Tanya Tucker of Van Darling, Lux Magnetic Lashes. If you ever do radio, I'm going to do the radio spots for you, okay? Uh, on Hi-Fi Radio right after this. Stay with us. There's more shows still to come. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Oh my, I'm too fabulous, eh? <laughs> Who writes that stuff? Lady Gaga does, apparently. Uh, yes, when I think eyelashes, sure, Lady Gaga, Lady Gaga makes some sense. Uh, Tanya Tucker of Von Darling in studio with her publicist, Nikki Papayano. Uh, Nikki Inc. is the name of the publicist company that she has. So I learned that uh, eyelashes, third searched most item on Google 2018. I also learned, say the word vegan, and it shall go up. It used to be, say the word cryptocurrency, and it went up. How about vegan cryptocurrency? Crypto went dead. So now, <laughs> vegan. So I want to ask you ladies here. I'm a stock portfolio manager. I manage money for people. And if I said to you, I have a stock index uh, that went up 14% since 1950, and it's the S&P 500 small cap index, would you invest in it? And if you don't like that product, I have a vegan portfolio with the finest vegan companies on earth. Which would you take, the vegan or the uh, S&P 500 index? Equal profits? Uh, unknown. 
Oh. Unknown. I'd go vegan. You'd go vegan, eh? Yeah. Brittany? I'd go vegan. You You'd go know. vegan. <laughs> That's interesting. So vegan really has some legs right now, mm-hmm. does it, ladies? It does. Yes. Say vegan and, and uh, yeah, it's sales huge. go up. Because it's better for the environment. It's just supporting a cause. You're getting a good product or whatever service or whatever, and it's good for the environment. You know, it's funny because tobacco stocks are funny when I was a portfolio manager. Tobacco stocks make money. Uh, the uh, smokers are, brand, or again, I'm speaking historically, they're very, very brand loyal, uh, very predictable as to how much they're going to consume, uh, and international markets continue to open up, believe it or not. Uh, but they trade at a bit of a discount, and surprisingly not as much as I would expect, uh, for various reasons, but one is retail investors don't buy tobacco stocks. They, they, I would never even call a client to buy tobacco stock because they would say, well, are you insane? Those things kill people. And I, I get it. Uh, marijuana stocks different. People were actually a little more keen on buying marijuana stocks than they were tobacco stocks. So you flip that around. If you don't want to buy tobacco stocks, I guess you really want to buy vegan stocks, eh? That's sort of the logic, I guess, that you're presenting to me here. Uh, are there any pure play vegan companies out there that stand out, ladies? I don't know if it's pure, but I know Tarte, which is a makeup company. They yes, have a lot Tarte. of vegan products, yes. um, and I lean towards that. Like, Tarte I don't buy is the name of the company, all. eh? Yeah. Yep. I wonder, do you know who owns Tarte? No? Nope. <laughs> I'm gonna look, we have to look at Tarte. I want to see if that's a public or private company. Isn't that interesting? Because uh, again, I flip it around. One of the best categories to make money has been what's called sin stocks. Uh, but this isn't a sin stock. It's a vanity item, but it's not a sin item per se, vanity. right? Yeah. Vanity is not necessarily a bad thing if you do, I guess, you know. With class? And, yes. Right? Yes. I mean, like, I think they're very tasteful. And I've had people stop me and say, wow, you look so good today. And all I'm wearing is magnetic lashes. And I've put magnetic lashes on to test how I perceived. And everyone says, wow, were you on vacation? You look like you had some great sleep. And I'm, I'm a mom <laughs> to a toddler. I don't sleep. Wow. I wonder if the rock star men would wear this. I remember back in the 80s. I think so. These would the eyeliner. Yes, remember mascara and eyeliner back then. Oh, my God. Yeah, I live around the corner from the rock pile. Haven't been yet, but apparently they're bringing in all the finest acts. The Killer Dwarfs apparently are playing. The Killer Dwarfs? Check that out. You Britneys, look at me. Who are they? Yeah, the no dwarves. idea. Oh, my. Google them. Google the Killer Dwarfs. You'll laugh. you see what comes up. But apparently they are playing uh, at the rock pile on New Year's Eve. Uh, Von Darling, my friends, if you want to fit in, you miss me. You want to try these uh, eyelashes. How quick to ship? Uh, four to seven days. Four to seven days. States, and here it's quicker. Tell me about you're, you're Canadian yes. operating in America, are you? Well, that just seems to be where most people buy them. I mean, because I met these women in the States, they sell it in their salons, and it just became word of mouth, and people started posting a lot of videos in the States and their friends, and that's, yeah. And so if I, if I, as a Canadian, want to buy a pair of Von Darling Lux Magnetic Lashes yes. uh, for my wife, perhaps, for Valentine's Day, uh, am I going to be paying in American or Canadian dollars? Right now, right now, you would be paying in American I dollars. I hate you. Yes. You know what the Canadian dollars are yes. right now? Are you watching? Of course you know, Tanya. Yes. Oh, However, my yeah, Why is it? Because be I, I find most websites are in American dollars. Nikki, can you please uh, elaborate why American you know what? I just think it's uh, websites really need to get with the times. And I'm trying to make some purchases online right now with a brand that I love, theory.com. And they'll only sell to me in American. Once again. And I'm struggling with that, but I'm brand loyal. So you're going buy the product. Yeah. I'll buy the product. Yeah. 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 Uh, going the entrepreneurial route uh, requires a lot of effort. It requires a lot of guts. 
Uh, and the world is getting simpler and complicated at the same time. We can do more with less. But again, you're, you're obviously operating with Shopify, a, a yes. Canadian tech yes. stock. So they're actually piloting your website. I, I, that's just a complete given now. Any any yeah. entrepreneur that goes uh, goes online with a business, they're, they're calling Shopify. Interesting stock. Yeah. Uh, I haven't looked at it in a few months. Uh, it was a very, very strong stock. Obviously, I'm sure it pulled back with the rest of the market. Uh, I wish you great success, uh, Tanya Tucker. Uh, Nikki, as always, a treat having you in studio. Thank 2019 you. shall be a prosperous year. Tony Dwyer says the market is going to make a new all-time high. Uh, and if it does, there will be more money abound. Uh, I'm, big, I'm a big believer in the hemline theory, and it goes back into the 20s. And as women's hem, hemlines rose, uh, the friskiness, of course, increased. But the <laughs> optimism and the confidence in the future uh, went hand-in-hand hand with the stock market. And after the, after the great crash, hemlines went down, colors went dark. People were more conservative and more reserved. Your Von Darling is a pink box with a little gold trim. Uh, <laughs> it is very in keeping with my hemline theory for 2019 uh, onwards and forwards. I want to wish you a great new year, and I want to thank you very much for listening to Hi-Fi Radio, and we will be back with you next year. You've been listening to Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle, Portfolio Managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any money questions you need answered, email Wolf and Jack at WolfgangKlein.com. Hi-Fi Radio, for the love of money. We'll see you next week.